Hello and welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is episode 22, Hosts. On Christmas Eve, an innocent couple become hosts to a malicious entity. Years ago, a father and his family lived in a big, bright house. Did you feel Cassie? Yeah, fine. Hmm? Where's dinner, Mum? Bed starving! Oh, please, Dad, love. Bring Dad. Did that to me all the time. I just like things the way they are. Don't you? And one day, the father decided to invite some guests inside. Ah, <laughs> right on time. Come in, Lucy. Do you know how this story ends? <laughs> they destroy everything he loves. Hello and welcome back to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is episode 22, Hosts. As ever, we have myself, Kev. Steve, you there? I'm here. Graham? Yes, sir. No yes, Paul sir. this week. Wow. No, yes, sir. No Paul this week is he's off visiting toilets along the East Coast. So at the moment we are waiting. <laughs> he's doing what? He's visiting toilets across the East Coast. I don't I think, think that's what you've had a dropout. He's <laughs> visiting oh, toilets out? coast, is what you said. I bet it didn't drop out. Because sometimes when we're doing this, there's things like you drop out and then I can actually, it records everything. So. Anyway, he is visiting toilets along the, the coast. East Coast. The East Coast, where <laughs> right. you are. Right. Oh, dear. It's not safe to go to the toilet around us, then. No, I wouldn't. I'd leave it for a bit. Yeah. Public toilets, hold, anyway. Hold, hold it in. Hold it in, guys. Yeah, public toilets, anyway. Um, tonight, we are reviewing hosts, or we are meant to be interviewing the directors from the new horror film, so I thought we were doing Doctor Sleep this week. No, we're not doing Doctor Sleep. Wow, we did say that last week. But then we were invited to review a new movie. Um, hosts, not host, hosts. And apparently we were meant to have the directors on, Richard Oakes and Adam Leader, and the two main actors, Samantha Loxley and Neil Ward. And uh, we're sat here waiting for them. Two minutes in. Yeah, so they uh, showed up. No, they they may well not. They may they may have changed their minds. They may they may have done. I'm not sure why they asked us. Um, I'm sure they're but, wondering the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so they are now. <laughs> I think what's so, happened is they've listened to it. No, if they'd listened to it, they'd want to come on. Unless it was last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, which. We had Paul on. Mm-hmm. And ah, yes, it did get a little derailed. This sharing of certain things and, you know, it, it, it was derailed a fair bit. So what we've been up to this week, um, for me, working, working hard as usual, and uh, not much else really. Been uh, very wet on the <laughs> south coast. Very moist. Very oh, you hot and mildly yeah, wet. Moist. 
How are you, Steve? Anything interesting? Been pumping anyone or? No pumping. Um, yeah, just trying to keep everything ticking along, really, with Boris changing his mind and reversing the freedom that we briefly had. Yeah, it's all a bit... I'll be amazed if it doesn't get worse next week. You know, I think it we're will. back in lockdown. It's yeah. certainly picking up, isn't it? I think so. I think that's my gut feeling that panic will set in for the government at least and the number the R rate will keep rising and it will be a case of where uh, we can't take any risks and it will yeah become defcom 5 over I think we're on 4 at the moment aren't we we're on, we're on level cautious. 4 I think we're on level 4 yeah how about you how about you Graham anything interesting um not really well I had my remaining I... cupboard doors delivered this week. That's that's oh, the hard I was going to ask you. So, so you're nearly there now. So you had the, the doors. We got, I mean, everything was, wrong. was just just the remaining four cupboard doors that they got wrong. They've been, the correct ones have been delivered. I'm due and stu- put them in this weekend, and then it's all good. All done, eh? All done. Yeah. So this movie, we are. We're kind of, we said we give it to 10 past nine and this is a Friday night and they're, they're not online yet and I certainly haven't had any emails from them anymore so we might as well just carry on. I, I think so. If they show up then we'll we'll greet them and berate yeah, them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a big thing for us. We were looking forward to it because we've never really had any other guests on the show. Um Probably for good reason, but like, well, well, we've had bad experiences with last week's guest. Yes, so they they were going to come on and and talk about things in this movie. Um, so synopsis. So do we should we talk about that? So I just do that little log line they put on. That'd be easier for me. Yeah, why not? A father with a dark secret unknowingly invites a demonic entity disguised as his neighbours into his home to enjoy Christmas dinner with his family. So, yeah, they basically invited zombies. Some are they zombies? Demons? It's never. This is the thing. I mean, they're they're possessed, but it's never really explained by what little white bulbs. But they come out of a hole in the ground by EDF. Yeah, (laughs) but what caused? There's a hole in the ground, right? And what caused that hole in the first place for him to come out of? I didn't well, get that. Again, it's never really delved into. There's a hole in the ground, which, you know, they show the, the imagery on the television. And by the way, probable spoilers, everybody here. Um, <clears throat> there's this hole in the ground that gets shown on the television and that that induces the, the torch to come up through their throat and shine out their mouth. And if they get to the end of the video, so possibly a bit of a ring crossover going on here. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, certainly I think some inspiration being drawn from. But if they get to the end of the video, then they are possessed. If they are interrupted in the middle, then the possession process doesn't uh, doesn't take hold. True. <clears throat> yep. And also, no, something that is shown in the film but never picked up by any of the characters is that just before a character dies, if they're possessed, the the entity, possessing entity, leaves them 
and they go back to their normal selves. But then yeah. they still die. There's a little well, puff of dust. Yeah, a pu- puff yeah. of uh, luminous puff. dust comes out of their mouth. Oh. But in the two occasions where that was seen, it's like, actually, you know what? Full-on death could have been avoided. But yeah, yeah, whoever that, was doing yeah. the killing didn't spot it or realise and carried on until they were dead. So it's kind of like, actually, that, that becomes a a worse killing. Because, you, you know, you're killing your daughter, sister, brother, next-door neighbour, whatever. But they're possessed, so it's all fine. And then at the last minute, no, they're not possessed. And when you re- if, if the character realises that, it's going to be like, fuck, I should have let go. <laughs> See, we, we have to say to the listeners that this film's not actually been released yet. It's not released until, I think, the 2nd of October, um, and that's in the UK and the US. On, I'm not sure what streaming services it's on. That's a good point. But, that's something I was going to ask him is what platform? Yeah. Is this actually yeah, what, going to be available what, to people? On? Is it? I, I would imagine it'd be on Amazon because that seems to be the one. Well, yeah, but that's um, all quite vague. No one knows. No, no one, no one knows. But I can't. I don't think it's on Netflix. It'd be it'd be pay pay per view thing. Um, and the directors, there's two directors: Richard Oakes, Adam Leader, um, and this is their first film. There's nothing else. Oh, there's a few like, music videos and things they'd been involved in. I think quite Richard a lot. Start... Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's some. I think Richard was a director of photography on some movies. Mm. Um, but so you got those two, and there's really only seven main actors in the movie. Got. Lucy, Jack, Lucy and Jack are the neighbours, and then you've got the family of Lauren, Eric, and Ben, brothers and sisters, and mum and dad are Cassie, is it? Casey, Cassie, Casey, and Michael, mum and dad. I'm right so far, aren't I? Yeah, you're on the right lines, yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my second beer. I'm doing well tonight. Um, so we should we just as, as these guys are not going to turn up, <laughs> it's looking unlikely. Yeah, so we, we might as well just just go full into it and talk about what we like because I can't give it rotten tomatoes because I think well, there isn't any yet because it's not out. We 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 are. I, among the first to be able to assign yes. any tomatoes. Yeah, so we can give our own boners, tomatoes, and we don't know how much the film costs. So all the things we normally find out beforehand to tell you guys, we can't do any of that. So we were going to ask them. Um, so we can just really pretty much get into what we like. Now, for me, I think it was a really good film. Um you know, everything leading up to where the film takes a kind of right turn um, or left turn, whatever you want to call it, at about 37-minute mark, um, I really liked it. I thought Lucy and Jack were kind of like this loved-up couple. Um, 
and she was a bit dopey, I would say. Um, they both were. Well, yeah, they were just nice people. Um, and that's what I liked about it, because obviously later on they become very different people. Yeah. Um, but, like, I thought they were nice people, and I just thought everything between the family, the son, you know, the oldest son and the dad and... Everyone just was really nice, and it's. But that's probably because it's it's based on it's set at Christmas Eve. Yeah, everyone's so always you, unnecessarily nice on Christmas. We Eve. are, I think, and I think that's I a nice it. thing that you can just like for everyone just for a day or two in their lives, can try and be nice together, you know, nice to each other, and it's more natural. Um, because I know on Christmas Eve, I, I feel great about things normally, don't matter what's been going on. Generally, I feel quite good. Um, Depends whether I have to drive or not. No, well, I ain't driving anywhere Christmas Eve. <laughs> well, there you I'm go. Going <laughs> to the, on, on, on Christmas Eve, I'm going to the pub on Christmas Eve with my family. I'll take all my kids. They hate it. And my wife. And we have a couple of drinks. And then we go home and finish doing what we're doing and things. And, it, and it's just nice. Anyway, that's, so that was a nice start to the film. And there's a lot of, you know, there's... Good dialogue between them, bit bit of fun. Until we, um, I give too much away or not? Because we are, you know, do They're I go here. balls? They're, this is their punishment. Do I we go will release the spoilers? Because <laughs> they might turn up at any minute now. Um, and I, we can yeah, always edit just... it out if necessary. I um, say we, you. There are certain scenes, and you have your views on this. You know, at the table, am I am I jumping ahead too much? Because I quite like the the dinner table scene that went on for about <clears throat> ten minutes. Um, I think it's about a ten minute scene. Uh, so, the the two characters, Lucy and Jack, live next door, and they're not part of the family as such. Um, so they're invited round for this Christmas Eve meal. Um, so they're all sat, but something's happened to Lucy and Jack in their own house. Um, you know, they've, they've certainly changed like they have been possessed. That's what I'd say. So they go next door. They've been possessed, but they still remember to go next door and uh, have dinner. Hmm. They've just so had that whole submission is really what's happened. Yeah, I'm surprised they remembered that though. You know, they're invited for when you get possessed. How much of the old memories do you remember? And well, that's what's uh, quite confusing. Uh, that's well, uh, another question. Yeah, is, I, I do find so are, are the um, events that unfold a result of the possession itself, or has the possession unlocked certain unrealized grievances that then kind of take hold? That's a good question. And in some ways, that kind of makes sense. But the the, the the minefield there is that Jack doesn't actually know that Mike's his father. Or that's the way it's portrayed, in which case there's nothing to really unlock. But do you think the demon you knew? have to put an allegedly on there, Stephen. Do you think where? the demon knew that possessed him? Well, yeah, but it's like everything was fine. They get possessed, and then suddenly they're hell bent on some kind of vengeance against Michael in particular. 
I mean, yes, it's the people in the house that buy the farm, but it's to get back at him. And it's like either the demons know something that he doesn't, or they've unlocked an underlying grievance or memory that was previously locked away. Yeah. So that that scene that I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm just gonna because I'm gonna totally ruin this film for everyone if I go into exactly one one on before. I don't. Even, no, I don't even want to talk about that scene. There's a, anyway. There's there's a massive turn in the movie, um, that sends it in another direction, and I really like it. And you need to watch it. So. For me, I like the way it was filmed. I love the music and parts in this movie. Um, it's like it's detuned or something. Do you know the pianos through that Christmassy kind of yeah, piano music? That piano, yes. Yeah, and it, I really like that. And I was trying to work out what Christmas songs they were. Um, <laughs> And I, I, I don't know. Anyway, it was all... I, when I first heard it coming through, I actually thought it was going to be a case of like there was a young girl practicing on the on the old honky tonk piano that yeah, they happened yeah. to have in the hallway and hadn't had tuned for the last twenty years or something. You know, that's what I thought was going to happen with that. It was all quite spooky, wasn't it? Yeah. So very sinister. I like that. I, I think that the effects they use, the blood splatters the kind of brutal way they made the kills. I liked I loved all that. And there's a scene before I move on to you guys, like because I like it. There's one scene that annoys me slightly. And that's the scene with the rope at the end. Near the end. Yeah. Do, do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Where that kind of rope kind of seems to attach itself and she waits there. Uh, um, um, there's two girls fighting. Yeah. So you've got you've got the Lucy character and you've got the uh, Lauren, Lauren character. Yeah. And they're laid on the ground and there's a rope nearby, mm. and she kind of gets it around her neck. But it's the way she does it and the way Lucy seems to kind of stand there just for a sec, just for enough time for her to. I just thought that was poorly done, and yeah. I'm slating well, it now. Obviously, um, Lauren is a. a, a world-class knot tire and tied it into a good tight noose but she very, just very wraps quickly. it around it it was just like ridiculous um <laughs> so i didn't like that scene um i thought something else could be because i think it's spoil it spoiled it at the end um a little confused about why the start why the lights were going up in the sky were the were the demons leaving for heaven? Is that what it meant? Well, having read the press release now, I kind of think that my assumption must be wrong because it was supposed to be the first attack of a global epidemic. No, no it was coronavirus. Yeah, and that is that. That now is the link as to why this was considered to be a a Christmas movie for the pandemic. Because it was sort of very loosely linked to the current situation. 
the threat of something invisible. Well, basically yeah, killing us they, all. They had more than six people at that dinner table. Ah, uh, yeah, but this was the beginning. Is what I'm saying. We're we're now six months into it, so we're all a bit uh, cautious to okay, say the least. Okay. This was the first instant. This is like that first person who had a cough in Wuhan. It's the equivalent is of that, that. Is that what they're trying to say? This movie's about... I don't think that's where it started because this was filmed at the beginning of before, 2019. Wasn't it? Before, yeah. coronavirus even existed or was known about. But there are some sort of fairly loose ties that mean you could argue, okay, with a bit of spin, you could say this is a horror film for the moment, I suppose. And I mean loose ties. Yeah, loose. A bit like that so, rope you were talking about. Oh, I just thought that was... Yeah, it's not great. I've watched it twice, remember, this movie, in two days. Just so I could get my head around it, because there were certain things I missed in the on the first viewing, which always happens with me. Um, and there's probably other things I've missed on the second viewing, but, you know, at least I've got my head around it a bit. So... What do you like, Steve? This like anything well, in particular? I thought the build-up to the scene at the table that you've just sort of spoiled. <laughs> no, was, I haven't. No, I haven't. I'm joking. But anyway, the build-up to that bit where things turned had some. I, I get the intention. And in a sense, it it kind of worked, but I didn't feel like it was very well executed. And I thought the characters, particularly Lucy and Jack, as likable characters, were far too puppy love kind of. It was it was Christmas Eve though. Yeah, vomit territory. And also, as I said to Graham the other night, I think the idea that it was him who bought the thoughtful present for the for his girlfriend versus the other way round is just totally unrealistic. No, but. I think this on Christmas Eve, a lot of people kind of give each other like a, a silly gift, or a, like a Christmas yeah. jumper, or no, I, I something like that. that. And and he did something quite thoughtful when she did the silly yeah. gift, which was the jumper. Which yeah, I know my wife would probably buy me a silly Christmas jumper with a reindeer on it, or yeah. But are something. you going to buy her something really meaningful? I might, because sometimes you can be <laughs> quite. You know, I might. I might. Okay. I might. If I if I was feeling romantic. You know, that was quite a private moment, wasn't it? A lot of people open their presents on Christmas Day as a family or whatever. Yeah, no, that was but a that, that was a moment. private moment. Yeah. So he might have gone, I'm gonna you know, he's proud of her, but so I'm proud of my wife most of the time. Yeah. Um and it might have been some and I thought that was quite nice. And I know maybe it was unrealistic to you, but I could see that happening in my house. Has it ever happened? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've said I might have said something or put something in a card or something like, you know. But you should do that with your partners. But it's on Christmas Eve anyway. Yeah, you should. I'm not saying it's it's wrong. I'm just saying it's perhaps not normal. I think it is normal and you are abnormal. I'm abnormal. I'm not denying that, but I don't have a girlfriend, so <laughs> I can do what I like. Yeah, I think I think Christmas Eve can be quite a romantic time and a, and a nice time to do. You know, everyone's yeah, I like the idea. Most people are happy. Most but people it's actually it's actually doing it. That's that's the thing. Coming up with that no. idea of 
what I'm is sure it? Graham does it. I'm sure yeah, Graham I'm sure he does. It. He probably just gives her an you iron. Maybe, make, you know, yeah, give her an iron or a new iron and board cover, maybe. Oh, how you underestimate me. Oh, really? <laughs> what did you give her? On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve? Yeah. I, I, I can't say in a broadcastable production. Yeah, would you would you borrow Wasn't a nice Christmas first, <laughs> nice Christmas jumper? You know, I cannot say I have ever bought her a Christmas jumper. Well, maybe that's summit for this year then. Maybe, maybe. <clears throat> anyway, I just think that's a little bit too soppy. I found it quite believable. Oh, I, can, I, found, I, get, I found it really nice. And I will watch this film at Christmas. I can get where you're coming from on that, Stephen. Um, it's nice. I, mean, I get that it's nice. And I, I did sit there. And I definitely said to myself, oh, that's nice. And, you know, but it, it wasn't really believable. I think it was overdone. They were overly, like, puppy love kind of. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. And yeah. from, that po- from that point of view, it's, it's one of the things. It, it's. It's sort of, uh, it's sweet and potentially believable, but it's not typical. It's not certainly not the sort of thing you would typically see a couple doing together. Uh, you know, it's like people might that, be like that, but they're normally like that when no one else is looking. Yeah, yeah but no one else was looking. That's a good point, Kev. Only we were looking and it's a film. So, <laughs> I, so do appreciate I, I do that. believe they were just being, they might be horrible with each other most of the other times. I, yeah, I don't know. That's true. But, like, but let's, let's, let's draw a veil over that for the time being. Let's assume they were just a really, really sicky, nice couple. And actually, he chose to do something quite thoughtful, or at least it appeared that way because it kind of touched a nerve with didn't. her. And, you know, accept that. And then all the build up with the, Christmas dinner preparation I thought was quite sweet, even down to Michael being unfazed by the fact that somebody or his wife even had forgotten to chop the onions and put them in with the... Did he say pheasant? He did, didn't he? Yeah, they, they, they pheasant had, for they Christmas had pheasant. dinner. Yeah. Well, it was well, Christmas which I Eve, found, wasn't it? Yeah, I found it unbelievable because you'd normally hang them for a while, wouldn't you? Well, he hung on from himself walking across a field for a while. Yeah, but, but not for like a couple of and days. And that was a long field. Yeah, it was a long while. So let's accept that. But, you know, in a typical household, it could easily be, oh, I forgot to put the onions in me. Oh, you stupid fucking bitch. What are we going to do? We haven't got the onions in the gravy, you fucking idiot. And, like, I'm exaggerating, but the idea that it's like this overtly nice. It was Christmas Eve, Steve. Yeah, I know, but. People are still people are fucking nice. idiots. No, they're not. Everyone yeah, I know, are, Chris, fucking I think you're spending time with the wrong people on Christmas. <clears throat> yes, I, know I, that. I think. I think actually that was supposed to show some of his more happy-go-lucky side. You know, because he, he the reaction he gave was this kind of sarcastic. Oh my god, what are we gonna do? Kind yeah, of thing about it. You know, I understand, which was it. great. I thought. Yeah, but in real life, it's often not sarcastic. It is just literally the, oh, my God, why? I mean, we grew up together. You must know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. And, uh, and I'm actually thinking that that's probably a case of our upbringing that has led you down that path rather than real life. 
Well, it is real life. It was my life. Yes, but people, it's not typical real life. People are cantankerous fucking idiots, aren't they? All of them, surely. No, not all of them. Oh. Some some people are actually kind of, well, nice. Did you, do you know any? Yes. Like who? Um, well, there's there's me. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, no. Scrub that one. Uh, Josie? That does, that, no, she's your wife. That doesn't count. Um, Jim? What's he like cooking Christmas dinner if somebody forgets to chop the onions? Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> That's actually oh, pretty. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Yeah. Fine. Anyway. So some of those things I thought were a bit sickly. Okay. Living in so the real was, world. So you were probably quite relieved when the other two turned up and she was just doing this. And she was chopping the onions in, in this weird. Yes, I was kind relieved of... when she chopped the onions badly. <laughs> it's really like, ah, clumsily. Someone who's fucking normal at last. Someone who's actually chopping the onions clumsily, I will admit, getting the job done and putting things right so there isn't a massive tantrum when dinner comes out. Yes, that's a relief. And not being overly happy about it. No, she didn't look overly happy about it. But not in the slightest. That is one of the things about the film that. I did quite like. So, not going into any detail about particular scenes as such, but throughout all of the violence and, I don't know, cruelty, let's say, whether psychological or physical, Jack was very, very focused and very purposeful about it. Like, it had a means to an end. He wasn't really into it it just is something that needed to be done whereas lucy actually looked at various points like yeah i'm quite looking forward to what's going to happen next she had a like a sinister smile right before the hammer scene if i dare say that and at various other points there was this this smile like yes i'm going to enjoy what i'm about to do and yet she wasn't really part of the problem in terms of the deceit that the the demons seem to be targeting Michael for. Yeah. But she was well into it. She looked like she was having a good time. She loved it. <laughs> she loved it. She did enjoy yeah. it a little too much, I think. <clears throat> yeah. But that's where I don't quite understand what the, what the demon's motive was versus their own maybe suppressed feelings or memories. It's like... Yeah, I, I don't quite understand what the demons were about. So, well, you know, okay, let's say they were out to just cause pain and hurt to people in general. What would they do in a situation where somebody hadn't lied to them or abandoned them or anything else? What, if they in, 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 possess somebody on the street who's who knew who their parents were that had been kind and loving to them, and you know, what happens then? What, well, going what are they going to go after? People, what are they looking for? Going by the number of people who had been possessed by the end of the film, they, they mm. must have done, you know, it's like Beard Guy. Beard Guy. Who, beard Guy who shows up. You know, he, he we don't know anything about him, so let's assume he knew who his parents were. Right. Well, they've obviously, these other characters have obviously been recruited to... Um, what, fight the cause of Lucy and Jack? Well, yeah, see, this is where I get a little bit confused with the story because 
um, without wanting to divulge too much, Jack obviously brings up his his idea of why um, why this is happening. But I think that's actually a red herring. Right. Because it's, you know, it's almost like coincidence that this, this, this situation is unfolding with these people and he attributes his reason to it. But ultimately, it's completely wrong. And because um, um, Lucy tells Ben that little story, doesn't yes. doesn't she? I like that story. Yeah. yeah. Give me one I, minute. I'll be back in one minute. All right. You carry on talking. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, but Lu- Lucy tells Ben the little story about the the father who welcomed people in and then banished them, and that seems to kind of tie up a little bit with the idea of what Michael's feeling guilty about. But ultimately, I don't think it's connected. At least not directly. No, I don't. I, I um, think her her story about the father and and the, the banishing is actually a wider tale. Yeah, probably. Well... Okay, so there's some confusion there. There is there is some confusion and some things that are left unclear. Shall we say the scene in the loft? Mm. Well, with with the shotgun. Yes, the morality challenge. It's like uh, either you kill him, or much much worse is going to happen to him. You'll be doing him a favor, etc. And she was quite happy with. Well, not happy. Fairly quick to accept that diagnosis. Mm. Like this is the best way out, and was really going to do it. And despite him pleading otherwise, and the gun being unloaded, that's not the right word, is it? Well, yeah, it wasn't loaded. No, it wasn't loaded. But that's not how you should phrase it. What's the word? Well, I would have said, despite the fact that the gun wasn't loaded, I think is the. As opposed gun, to have it being despite unloaded. Despite the fact the guzzin yeah, wasn't the loaded. <laughs> the guzzin the guzzin wasn't unguzzened. <laughs> and she didn't know that though, and she pulled no, the trigger. Neither of them did. No, I know. But she pulled the trigger, not mm. knowing that, thinking that would kill him. He thought she was quite well she well the he obviously knew that she didn't know which meant that we didn't know and she would have killed him. Yeah. He wasn't happy about that. No, he wasn't. And, and He's like, I know that you didn't know and you would have killed me, you bitch. Hello? 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 Sorry, I that? tried. That's is, the that, first is that Richard Richard, oh, is it Adam? No, Adam. Samantha Loxley here. Oh, <laughs> your voice has changed. You know, did they use you some kind of sound special... sound like uh, I imagined you would. They must no. have used some kind of special vocal effect on you in the yeah. film. Yes, and my eyes. So, yeah, my <laughs> apologies. I'm back now. I had to disappear for the first time in 21 episodes. Or 22 now. So where were we, guys? Where well, we were, were we? We were discussing uh, the shotgun scene. Um, in the loft. When, when Lauren oh, has the and shotgun. And her brother. 
Yes. With her brother. Yes. Very good scene. What was that to prove? That she would kill him. But why would they want her to? To torment him and her, actually. Oh. I, I can only put it down to that because they're going to do whatever they want to do afterwards because the gun wasn't loaded. See, that came out much better that time. Uh, <laughs> but I think it was all about torment. It was like cruelty. Saying to both of them, your sister would have shot you and you would have shot your brother, you bitch. Now, see, that, that's the other thing is that this um, <clears throat> this thing seems to be, you know, uh, the, the, the demons or, or whatever possessive elements that are, you know, doing the possessions. Amongst this family, they seem to be hell-bent on torturing them and, you know, this idea of getting revenge and really tormenting. However... Yeah. It, we, we, if if it's part of a global takeover or whatever, then is that happening to others? You know, like Beard Guy, was he tormenting his kids and whatnot before he came to the aid of this uh, episode we're watching? Probably. Who's Beard Guy? The one with the earring. The one with the beard. <laughs> yeah, but did he did he have the stretched ear? Was that him? And mind, I, I can't say I was looking at his ears. I was too mesmerised by, the, by like the fantasticness of his chin growth. Beard. Yeah, there are some plot holes, I think, in this. Um, to, yeah. But the thing is, it was all about tormenting Michael, ultimately. Mm. But what better way to torment an individual than tormenting someone they love? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um However, if that was the sole purpose, then yeah. once Michael is departed, mm-hmm. then what is the cause? None, which is why they all went into the sky. What was in the sky? Mission. What's it? Oh, right. Mm. It's like their job there is done. Justice! I'm nearly so, as confused so as Ravenous. If they're all leaving, what was Lauren so scared of when she left the house uh, at the end of the film? Well, because she well, froze with fear. Yeah, but they were all, there was all these white things going into the sky. She probably didn't know what was going on. She didn't have my reasoning and intelligence. Hmm. She probably thought, what the fuck? Ah! Whereas I have had time to thought, think about it. And I think they were leaving to go and torment someone else. Job here is done. Michael's dead. Mm. Family's destroyed. Heartless. Move on to the next Victory. family. Yeah. Now, is the next family on this planet? Because they're going pretty high up. Well, they could be in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? I suppose, yeah. yes. It's quite they a long go up and come You're down not going to walk again. there, are you? So <laughs> what, was the t- what was the hole in the ground for? If they could just travel through the air. Uh, well, that's where they were coming from, I think. You would have thought they'd go back down it and come out of another hole? Well, like, or is there only one hole in the yeah, whole they're, world? They're like sort of ethereal moles. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay. How about you, Graham? Mm. What, what, 
what are your thoughts or have you said enough or no um i have to say i'm going to pick up on a scene that you did kev um a slightly different part of it and say how i liked it because when when um lauren is out in the woods and lucy comes up and attacks her it screamed to me we're gonna get a jump scare yeah yeah to the point I actually put my drink down on the table so that if if I was surprised by it, I didn't spill my drink over myself. Yeah. Um, and it never came. And a waste I actually of a jump applaud. Scare. I do applaud the film for that. Yeah. Because yeah, because jump scares can be overused, and I th- I actually think there's something better about suggesting there's going to be one and then there not being one if it's done right. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I will also applaud it on the the one real jump scare, if you can call it such, um, which is when uh, Michael opens the curtains and sees the other possessed beings out the window. I think that was really well timed and executed. Yeah. So, so you know, and I mean. Bits I didn't like. I, I felt that the the first. Did you specify thirty seven minutes? Yeah, that was bang thirty seven minutes. Where that scene. I don't want to give that scene away. Really, no, no. I think there's a lot. Is there is a lot in that, and, and it probably doesn't want to be given away. But I think leading up to that point, it it was quite slow paced. But I was yeah, I was drawn into that. I was mm, yeah, I think really enjoying it. I thought it, it was well, it was really well done. If if it was deliberate, then you know, really, these guys deserve extra points. Yeah, but if but without knowing that, you can just sit there and think, yeah, they didn't quite get that pacing right. But you know what they did was they really slowed it down and yet made you carry on watching. Um, I did actually. Have a have a bit of an outburst at one point during the dinner table scene, and once again, not wanting to spoil too much, but mother's revelation. Yeah, you know her big speech. Yeah, at the end of that, I actually said, "You fucking bitch," because <laughs> I think she, that was she incred- put him for quite a lot. That yeah. was incredibly cruel. Yeah, you know. That 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 was my thought on that. So you know, so much for the whole. Oh, everybody's just too happy and in love, Stephen. You know, mother is actually quite a vindictive cow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, once once it gets beyond that pivotal scene, it is. I think it, it is quite well done. You know, it, it keeps you engaged, um, even if you are sort of questioning the motivations a bit. And there weren't any cliche jump scares at all. No, as I say, the curtain was the, the only one I picked on. Although, actually, no, quite early on, there was a person or, or there was a thing move across the background in the script, in the shot. But it wasn't so much a jump scare as more of a hint of "ooh, something's going on." I was gonna say I, I never jumped, not once in this film, mm. and I'm quite susceptible to the old jump scare, particularly if I'm listening to it on the 
I love a jump scare. A decent volume on the big TV yeah. is like, mm. if it's done no, well, I, think, I, think I, the, I the, jump out my skin. Frequently. The closest thing to a jump scare was Michael pulling that curtain back. And I just think the timing of it, the way it was done, it was enough. I mean, it, it sent a shiver down me, you know. So, should we get on to, because we're 40 odd minutes in, should we get into boners? Yeah. Get into boners. Yeah. I am going to give it a seven. So I think it kept me engaged. I do like a British horror movie. I really do. And I watch a lot. Any I can watch, I watch. Um, and it was different, very different, not perfect by a long way. Um, but it kept me engaged and I've watched it twice and enjoyed it both times. So for me, I'd give it a seven. How about you guys? Steve? I think, uh, if it was just the second half, I might give it a six. Yeah. But as a whole... I'm going to have to stick with a five. Cool. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to give it the six. You know, it, it's... As Stephen says, you know, the second half certainly does move a lot better than the first half. But, um, you know... Am it, I sad to think that I've enjoyed the first half more? Possibly. I mean, do you really like a guy walking across a field? Because that shot lingered way too long. <laughs> what, with the Christmas outfit on? or Well, well, both ends, really. But no, especially I'd, I'd... at the end of that scene where Jack is walking across. I thought, you know, are we just going to watch him walk all the way to Southampton or something? Yeah, he might well have done. But um, we Look I'd, out the window, I'd, he might I'd have really just arrived. I'd, re- I'd honestly, the first 37 minutes, and I liked it after that too, but it was like because I just clocked the time in a movie when something happens. Um, I was enjoying it a lot. So, yeah. So, so we're giving it six boners, really, aren't we? Yeah, as a, as a whole, yeah. Which isn't too bad. Um, yeah. Six boners. So we we worked ourselves up tonight. We we thought we were going to have four. We're going to have the two directors on and the two actors, but they never turn up. So it's just totally inconsiderate. I wrote it is, but I wrote a load of questions. It loses so a maybe, boner for that, so it's now got five. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm going to make you two the directors of the movie we're going to uh, make about a penguin in a shed or whatever it was. Um, have we got any ham in it? What? Do you know, last week we spoke about making a movie and uh, it wasn't like House Shark, but it was going to be maybe a dolphin in a shed or, or shed something penguin. along Shed Penguin. <laughs> so, guys, I- I'm going to use my questions up now because I had these all set, generic questions. So, for both of you, who is your favourite director? Tarantino. Tarantino from Slash, State. you know, push, toss up. Scorsese, another one. Scorsese and Tarantino. I'd, I'd, I'd probably go Scorsese over Tarantino personally. What what would be your favourite movies by like Scorsese or Tarantino? 
And I agree with both of you. They're, they're great directors. Favourite Scorsese film is Wolf of Wall Street. Favourite Tarantino is Django. Yeah? Django. Yeah. Um, so, did uh, Scorsese direct any Disney films, Graham? Or... Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. So, what would be your favourite Movie um, I'd agree with Stephen on Wolf of Wall Street. I think that's a brilliant film. I also think Shawshank Redemption is a very, very well put together film. Is that Scorsese? Yeah, I believe so. I never knew, I if never not, I just look like a total dickhead. I, mean, my, <sighs> I wouldn't have known. Shawshank Redemption is a great film. I know it's a Stephen King book. But, um, yeah, so as you two are looking at making films what kind of movies have influ- influenced you you know if you were to make a movie what okay i was completely wrong there and i don't know why i thought otherwise don't worry we, we can edit it out or I can put a fog on over it <laughs> um so like say so you're making movies guys you're directors yeah what kind of movie would it influence you? Like, if it was a style of a movie, um, like for me, I'd, I'd make something along the lines of The Evil Dead or something like that. But for you guys, what what kind of movie would influence you? You know, would it be a sci-fi? Would it be a... What well, genre? that's the thing, isn't it? So that's I, what I was thinking of, Shutter Island. That's cool. So yeah. I quite like... Films sure, like sure. Mike Lee films as well. Social observation films like Life is Sweet, Naked and High Hopes, stuff like that. Which are nothing elaborate. I've not seen High Hopes. Effects or setting. They're just character-led. And that is kind of what I like about Tarantino is how the characters interact and the dialogue and stuff like that. So I would be influenced by... I suppose kind of a hybrid of those two, because I think Tarantino's cinematic style is also quite spectacular. I love the the long, drawn-out, sort of unrushed nature behind his films. He He's like, this is what I want. I don't care if everyone else gets bored, but this is what's going to happen, and this is what it's going to look like. And I have respect for that. I mean, I think, you know, they look great and they play out great but mike lee's films don't really well they're, not, they're technically competent but they're not spectacular cinema by any means they're about no. the characters and that's it but i think i would like to be somewhere in my wildest dreams between the two no i'll get it graham how about for you um i'm not actually sure you know <clears throat> I think, put you on yeah. the spot, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be nice to do something that's got an injection of good humour in it. Um, rather like Stephen, I, I agree, you know, being character-driven is, is important in a film. But like, like, like Dumb and Dumber, that kind of characters, or...? No, 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 no not, right. not quite as... Uh, but they are the they are characters, that. aren't they? They are characters. They are characters, but you know they are throwaway characters. There's there's no okay. real depth to them. 
you know, all, all you need to know about them is in the title of the film, that they're both thick as pig shit. <laughs> That's true. The clue is in yeah. the title. The, yeah, the whole film yeah. is about those two being dipshits. Good film. You know, how, it, how it unfolds is irrelevant now. It's You know what to expect. It's two people being stupid. Yeah. But you know, I mean, no... I mentioned, you know, Scorsese and Tarantino is favourite writers slash directors. I mean, I don't think Scorsese is much of a writer, whereas Tarantino is. But I would certainly put alongside those two, uh, Coen Brothers. Love yes. their films. Yes, very much. And they vary, they vary quite a lot. You know, you've got things from Fargo, Brother Where Art Thou, Inco- Intolerable Cruelty, to The Big Lebowski, to... Uh, good movies. Yeah. Brains have gone dead now. There's a, there's another one I was going to mention. There's, anyway, some good, there's some really good movies there, all of them. There are great movies, both comedic and and quite serious, but they are, they are yeah, again, another influence... If I could be as good as that, I'd be, or even close, I'd be very, very proud of myself. <laughs> so I'm going to, like, my last couple of questions, because I didn't want to waste these questions as I'd spent time thinking yeah. about it. So if there was a movie you could reboot that you, you thought, you know, it was all right, but you could do it better, what would they be, Dave? Uh <laughs> A movie that's been made, but it's not quite as good as it could have been. And pe- films get rebooted all the time, but like, not all of them very well. Certainly, um, Nightmare on Elm Street was one, wasn't it? You know, when when we watched that. Evil Dead was a good reboot. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, well, not I'd, so good. Yeah, I, I I would reboot one. That technically Maybe. has already been rebooted, but I didn't like the reboot either. Okay. But I like the idea, and that's Nikita, which is a French is film originally. Assass- released. Is that Assassin? I think is that's the reboot of sorts. R- yes. Okay. But I didn't like that either. I like the idea of both of them, and I think Nikita actually was better. And much as I quite was it Bridget Fonda in that in Assassin. I'm not sure. I think it was. Um, but I'd like to do The Assassin really well, because I quite liked um, Luke Besson's... Well, I liked the trailer, anyway, for Anna. Yeah. Which is kind of in that vein, but I had, in my head, years and years ago, I had a film in my head that I could literally pick scenes out of, even now, which was a kind of... Drop out female of some sort that was recruited as an assassin in some kind of bizarre situation, and the cinematics of it were much closer to Anna than they were Nikita or the assassin. And I would love to make that film the way that I saw it. So those two are kind of along the lines of what I was thinking, yeah, but not quite my thing. Visually, Anna was closer, but that had no guts. It was just kind yeah. of silly. Still liked it, kind of, though. The trailer was good. And the music in it was good. Wow. So you've got decent music in a movie. You have. Graham, how about you? Before um, we uh, move on <clears throat> to my last question. 
generally speaking, I'm actually not a fan of reboots or remakes. About um, Ratatouille. All right, you could do a great version of Ratatouille Grow. Well, maybe, but um, <laughs> but no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of them. Um, I'd I'd much rather see original work being created than just rehashing the same old shit every time. Oh, we had this conversation, didn't we? But like, um, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not if I if I was forced to do a remake, I don't know what it would be. Um, at this point, I, yeah, I haven't had. There's there's no chance I've had to think about it, so I'm not going to do it. What I am going to mention though is uh, because of Stephen's um, mentioning of the Cohen brothers, is uh, a bit of a tale is that um, it's actually the Cohen brothers' fault that Bill Murray agreed to do Garfield. Incidentally, he turned 70 the other day. Did you know? That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. But no, he, you know, he he's publicly stated he hates the Garfield movies. He actually kind of regrets doing them. And the only reason he agreed to do it was because one of the writers of Garfield was Joel Cohen. And he mistakenly thought it was the same Joel Cohen as in the Cohen brothers. Oh, no. So he actually what agreed to doing it without reading villain. the script, but just seeing the name on the front, thinking, oh, this must be good. It's Cohen Brothers. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. How just a little bit of trivia there for you. So the only other th- question I had, there was a few bits about the movie generally, but the only kind of question I had for them all, for Richard and Adam, was what was your favourite cheese? So hopefully... <laughs> you guys can like let me know what your favourite cheese was. Or yeah. even ask the final guys this question once on a time. They they probably remember now. Um so what is your favourite cheese? Ultimately mozzarella. Mozzarella. Graham? I cannot I'm, pick, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested, mate. I cannot right. pick a single favourite because you know a, a cheese has its place. I love Stilton. Maybe a pickled yes, onion yeah. with it. It's nice. Yeah, a it's... bit of Stilton with a drop of port. Perfection. Oh. Lovely stuff. Um, but, you know, if you if you just wanted a bit of cheese, I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't go, you know, I'll just have a little block of Stilton necessarily. Oh, so, Stilton. Yeah, it all depends on, on the, the, the application. <laughs> so let's move on. So what we watched this week. What have you been watching? No, seriously, what have you been watching? For me, I watched a few movies this week. Are you interested to hear? So, always. <laughs> I've got to try and remember this one. So I've been I, I, I watched Halloween 2. So that was the first movie on my list, which was Michael Myers usual watched that everyone's seen it the second movie i watched and i'd watched kind of it before but again missed lots of it so i watched a netflix film in the tall grass which was um stephen king and his son's story that was kind of 
quite a short story, I think, but and it basically had one of the guys from the Conjuring in it, um, and I really enjoyed it. So basically, people go into this, they get drawn into the long grass, and then can't find their way out. Um, and other people get drawn into it, and they can't find their way out. And it's about how they actually do get out of this long grass and what happens along the way. So you might like that, Steve. That that's, that was a Netflix film. Mm. Um, what else did I watch? I'm looking at my Twitter feed now to try and remember. Um, there was a film on Shudder called Spiral, but um, and that was about. A daughter and her dad and the dad's boyfriend who move in to their house and the people, um, the locals don't really like that they're homosexuals, spray things on the walls. And it goes on from there, really. It's a bit, I, I don't want to give too much away of it because I would literally just give the whole ending away so it was a very very good film and, and Shudder keep delivering really with these new movies um, and definitely worth a watch and I think really for that, that that's pretty much all I watched this week um, and then playing Tony Hawk still playing a bit of that still reading uh, what's that book called now Oh, I'm going to have a memory blank now. Um, anyway, I'll get on to that next week, so I've got a total memory blank. Hey, come to me in a minute. So how about you, Steve? Uh, I, I don't think I've actually watched a film this week. Hang on. I remember what that book's called now. It's called okay. The Groomer. Anyway, it's about paedophiles and things, and it's not very pleasant. Hopefully the good guys win. But I say you haven't watched any movies at all. Not this week, mate. No. Bro? Um, I've actually managed to watch quite a bit of telly this week, T V yeah. film, you know. Um film wise, um I I started watching Enola Holmes on Netflix. But it was a bit don't, shit, don't so I only got about halfway through that. <clears throat> um I did watch um, Ratchet, which is um, a series based. It's That's based on the series. character Mildred Ratchet, who was the nurse in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, I've heard not so good things about this. Yeah, it's, I think I think it's probably sort of a bit of a take it or leave it. But I mean, it was enjoyable enough that I watched it to the end. Well, I'll probably watch that then, um, but I. Mm. Yeah, not everyone's going to like it. I think. Um, I also we also watched um, Challenger, which is the which is a four part documentary about the uh, the space shuttle Challenger. And uh, film wise, I've watched uh, Doctor Sleep. Can't imagine why. And oh come on! <laughs> And um, I also watched, um, found on BBC iPlayer, The Witches of Eastwick. Nice. 
which is an old favourite, and so that was definitely worth a rewatch. Yeah. So, next week's movie is going to be Doctor Sleep. Is that right? Is that what we're doing next week? Or do you want to do it tomorrow? I, I hope so. I really do. Tomorrow? No, I don't want to do it tomorrow. No, I'll do it next week. You, so you want to do that next week? Yeah. That'll be our episode 23. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter on the Bones Horror Pod, and you can get us on Facebook, the Bones Horror Podcast. We even have an email address now if you want to just you know, say something. So it is boneshorrorpod at gmail.com. Let me just double check that. Um, so it is boneshorrorpod, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, you can email us there with suggestions or you can just tell us to fuck off or whatever. Um, we're not going to, though. But you just come on there and say hi. So Facebook, Twitter, and and next week we'll be back with episode 23, Dr. Sleep. Um, So thanks to our guests tonight, Adam and Richard and Neil and Samantha. It was great. didn't really contribute a lot, but, you know, thanks anyway. They didn't. They were very quiet. They They were very quiet. Um, But sometimes that's for the best. Maybe to unmute their microphones. Yes. Ah, that'll be it. It must have been. Or maybe so, uh, they've just got their iPhones shoved up their ass. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Probably best way, isn't it, really? Um, it's a shit idea. Yes. So, yeah, we'll see you next week with episode 23. Doctor Sleep. See you later. Bye, dudes. Bye.